Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and has called all believers to a higher standard of Christian living. If you'd like to learn and grow while understanding biblical teaching, then you're in the right place. Here is our shepherd, Pastor R.L. White Sr. We're in the Gospel according to John chapter 18. This is part 56 of Connected. Pasha's going to finish talking about today for a few minutes, the garden, the garden. We are connected to the kingdom of God. There is nothing that happens in your life by chance. When you are saved, when you have committed your life unto Christ, there are no coincidences. How many of you are in the body of Christ? Say amen. amen. I didn't hear you. Say amen. amen. Body of Christ, you have grown, you have developed, you have matured to where you now recognize and realize when the enemy is trying to get you back on the roller coaster. Now, I want to see how many honest people I have in here today. How many of you, the, the, the enemy tries to tempt you from getting back on the roller coaster. I got both hands up. But look at somebody, say, don't go back. No, look behind you. Tell somebody, don't go back. In 2024, you will begin to see it even more clear. Why? Because you're on the perfect foundation. And being on the perfect foundation means God is going to give you accelerated knowledge of even when the enemy is trying to attack you. What you're saying, Pastor, what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit, who is God, will tip you off before the enemy even makes it to your doorstep. That's called acceleration. Say amen. Each week you come to church. Each week you tune in to the broadcast. Say, Pastor White, I try to watch every Sunday. That's wonderful that you watch every week. That's wonderful that you come to church to hear every week. It's wonderful that you take notes every week. But the most important thing is apply what you have learned. Say, I am growing. No music. Say, I am growing. Say, I am developing. You are literally learning more about God every day you walk through those doors. Every time you crack open your Bible, you are learning theology. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know I was going to school. Yeah, you're going to school. Life is a learning process. And I don't want to know about anything else more than I know about Jesus. I don't want to know all of Travis Kelsey's stats. And I don't even know two Bible verses. Oh, you're quiet. Say amen. I don't want to know how many times the Chiefs been to the Super Bowl and I don't even know how many disciples Jesus had. 
I want to know more about the kingdom than anything else because I told you last week the knowledge that God allows you to obtain here, you're going to carry it with you. Hallelujah. Pastor, I'm just here passing time. No, you're not. If you still have breath in your lungs, touch yourself. Say, I still have purpose. Pastor, you don't know. I got aches and pains. You still have purpose. Pastor, you don't know how they've treated me. You still have purpose. Because the truth of the matter is, the devil can't stop you. I heard somebody saying, Pastor, you know, the Chiefs were very fortunate to go to the Super Bowl. Yes, good that the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing for our city economically. It's a very good thing. But the Chiefs, what some of y'all don't know, is that in 50 years, they had only been to one. Oh, I'm going somewhere. And the last few years, now they've been to how many? So in the history of the Kansas City Chiefs, they had quite a few losing seasons. Hmm. When you're part, some of y'all are right and you're going to miss it, of the kingdom of God, I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, raise your hand, 50, tell your age, 60, oh y'all scared to tell your age, 70, 80, no matter how old you are, don't you realize as long as you've been saved, if you are connected to the kingdom of God, the truth is you have never in your life experienced a losing season. Why are you not celebrating? Yes, you may have had challenges, but that doesn't mean you were losing. Yes, the enemy may have tried to stop you, but that doesn't mean you were losing. God has never... Come on, brother. Look at somebody say, I'm a winner. There are no losing seasons with God. And I, I, I encourage all pastors and teachers, stop teaching your people that. You're getting ready to enter into a season where you're going to be losing and losing and losing. That's from the devil. But I will tell you this. How many of you want to hear the truth? <sighs> this is real talk. Even though the world may be experiencing <laughs> losing seasons because they don't have God. They don't have any knowledge of God. Jesus said they don't even recognize God. But even though the world is having a challenging time, you know what God can do for you? You know what the Holy Spirit has already done for you? When the Holy Spirit says you're sealed, Somebody come here. Somebody come here fast. When the Holy Spirit says you're sealed, 
that means you are sealed. And this is not a joke. This is not a game. Do you know what the Holy Spirit says he would do for you? How many of you are saved? You better know who you are. I'm going to tell you today. This is what Jesus said. He said, I take your life if you're saved. No, I don't mean you pretending. I mean if you're really saved. He said, I put your life in my hands. Come on, clap. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But you know what else he said? He said, I take your life and I place it in my, hold your hand in the Father's hand. And no matter what the enemy does, he can try, but he can't take you out of God's hand. Let him lie on you. Let them talk about you. Let them mistreat you. But they can't touch you because I've been sealed. Give God praise in the house. Come on, brother. I, I, I may have trials and I may have tribulations, but don't get it twisted. Some of y'all need to tell the devil, don't get it twisted. I am sealed. My name. And I, I want to tell some of you this. Just because you go through one or two things does not mean you're not saved. I told you last Sunday, God's not going to rescue you from everything. But say, I am saved. The Holy Spirit, he reminds us every day that we have been sanctified. And we know here at Emmanuel Church that sanctified simply means what? Set apart. And to everyone watching and listening all over the world, you have not been set apart to do what you want to do. Amen. We've been set apart to witness for the kingdom of God because one day we're going to have to give an account of what we did with our time. One day we're going to have to give an account what we did with our talents. When we stand before Jesus, it's not going to be me and my wife and my family. You're going to have to stand before Jesus for yourself and give an account and I want to tell the world, I'm telling everybody, you need to get saved. How many of you were here last Sunday? I talked about World War III. How many of you remember that? And for three days this week, World War III was trending. Y'all better get ready. Stop playing. Every person on the planet, you have an opportunity to accept Christ as your Savior. You can no longer use the excuse, well, pastor, I messed up too much. Pastor, I've done too many bad things in my life. Jesus paid it all. There's nothing you can make up that Jesus did not pay for. The Bible says that Jesus died one time for all time. Hallelujah. 
We want to make sure every day that we're out witnessing for God. And I love hearing the testimonies how the body of Christ are having new encounters every day. Say amen. amen. We get opportunities every day to witness for God. And please, church, don't be in such a hurry when there's an encounter taking place. The encounters that take place in our lives are to help further the kingdom of God. In today's lesson, we're going to be looking at chapter 18, verses 2 and 3, that contain significant theological implications, and it continues with the final hours of Jesus' life here on earth. 2,000 years ago, we know that the world rejected Jesus, and we can see 2,000 years later that the world has still rejected Jesus. I should not have been surprised the last couple of weeks when the different football teams were winning games and they would interview the players after the game, Deacon Kelly, and I heard a couple of players say, you know, all praise be to God who gave me the strength to play. Another player said, thank you, Jesus, for, all, for giving me the strength to play. Another player said, I want to thank God, glory to God in the highest. And they showed it live when they actually said it. But then when they replayed it, God was cut out on all the channels. People have rejected God. Jesus' death upon the cross, his burial and his resurrection that took place 2,000 years ago, we're still blessed to see the results of it today. It's a blessing to see how the church is now viewing God through new lenses. How many of you know God better today than you did a year ago? I ain't got one person that can stand up. It's usually one or two people standing to say, I know him that, I know him like that. Isn't it a blessing to be able to say, I know God. But we're going to go a lot deeper even on that today. It's wonderful to see how the Holy Spirit is opening up our minds because he wants us to be informed on what's taking place in the world and what's taking place in the supernatural world. Because we know the natural world and the supernatural world are both meeting together. Therefore, it is God who is exposing things in our lives. As we continue on our journey, and life is a journey, life is not a game. Please don't tell your kids that, oh, it don't make no difference. No, it makes a difference. This is a journey. And this journey cannot be possible without having God in your life. The spiritual journey that all of us are on, God wants us to mature and to develop more than we were even a week ago. This doesn't happen overnight. There is a process, and the process of getting to know more about God is spending time with him. And you get to know God by reading his word, say amen, by praying, by meditating upon him. That's how we get to know God. We get to know God through our experiences with him. Please write this down. 
I am included in God's plan for redemption. I am included in God's plan for redemption. Here in chapter 18, we will begin to see a foundation that covers multiple events that took place on a night that changed human history forever. This historical life-altering event is recorded in all four Gospels. I gave you the scriptures a couple of weeks ago. You can read this in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and we are in the Gospel of John. But each one of these writers present Jesus from a special viewpoint according to the Spirit of God. The Garden, chapter 18, verse 2. In verse 2, we see the foreknowledge and the sovereign power of our Savior. We see that Judas, one of the twelve, is reintroduced back into the events that changed the world. Chapter 18, verse 2, pastor's reading from the Amplified Bible. John says, And Judas, who was betraying him and delivering him up, also knew the place. Because Jesus often retired there with his disciples. The fact that Jesus often met there with his disciples, including Judas, highlights the dimension of his divine knowledge. Jesus was in the garden, but he was not hiding in the garden. Jesus was in the garden, I'm going to say it again, but he was not hiding in the garden like the first Adam. The first Adam was also in a garden, but he disobeyed God and sinned, and so when he was in the garden, he had to hide. Ask your neighbor, do you have to hide? A garden's supposed to be a beautiful place, a restful place. And Jesus went there because that was a place where he could relieve himself of things he was carrying. He enjoyed being in the garden. But Jesus was in the garden on this faithful night, not hiding. Because he had nothing to hide for. He had not sinned like the first Adam. I'm going somewhere. Everything that took place in the life of Jesus for 33 and a half years, none of it was by chance and none of it was by surprise. And I have to take my glasses off. Please look at pastor. And this is to every pastor watching this today. Every pastor that's going to be talking about this. Stop lying to your people because you are not rightly dividing the word of truth. Pastors, are, listen to me. It is not right to say that Jesus lived a life of sin for 30 years, that is a lie. If Jesus has sinned at all, he could not be called our Savior. The Bible says he is the Lamb of God 
without a spot, without a blemish, because Jesus never sinned. Stop telling people Jesus sinned for 30 years. That's not the truth. Jesus was divine when he came to the planet. His divinity did not grow upon him. Please keep in mind, Jesus is 100% man, but he is also 100% God. And the word says his thoughts, start applying it to Jesus. Come on, open up your mind. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. But if the Lord said to do something a certain way, just be obedient and watch the end results will work out for your good every single time. Come on, give God praise. Our Savior this very night was facing betrayal from his friend. But even during this portrayal, it was part of God's redemptive plan. And we know this here at Emmanuel Church. God always, I can't hear you. This portrayal takes place in a location that Jesus was very familiar with. He didn't just go there by himself, but he often went there with all 12 disciples. There was no technology to keep track of where Jesus was going. When something good happened, you know how the people found out? They talked about it. When something good happens in your life, instead of posting a bunch of foolishness on social media, why don't you post something that God has done for you? Now hit the music, Jefferson. Pastor White, I don't like when you tell me that. Let me say it a different way. Instead of you posting about yourself all the time, why don't you post about Jesus? Come on, clap your hands. If I post about Jesus, I won't get no money. Well, see, you got it out of whack anyway. Seek first the kingdom. Put God first. Put Jesus first. See how things would just start lining up that you didn't even have to touch because you got it right with the kingdom. Jesus had a few friends, but he had so many enemies. I had Minister McGee read today that they plotted to kill Jesus in chapter 11. Don't you know people would get together and plot against you? In case you don't know it, I know it firsthand. People would grin in your face with all they false teeth and got all kind of nasty venom running through their veins. Jesus said, why are you treating me the way you are? You've heard me teach in your temples. You've heard me teach in your synagogues for three years. I didn't run. I didn't hide. You saw where I was, yet you come after me? Yet you want to stone me? And remember this, what did they want to kill Jesus for? 
He, had, he didn't sin. He hadn't done nothing wrong. They wanted to kill him for telling the truth. What was right has become wrong, and what is wrong has become right. Judas knew the place where Jesus was going to be. They had lived with Jesus. Please get this in mind. They didn't just meet Jesus on Sundays. They actually lived with him seven days a week, 365. They ate with him. They knew his habits. They spent time in fellowship with him. So Judas was very familiar that Jesus liked being in the garden. Sometimes the devil wants to wait. Demons will wait until you're in a good place. Sometimes you don't have a care in the world and the enemy wants to come in like a flood. But when he comes in like a flood, remind your spirit, okay, this must be another test, Father, and I'm going to pass this test. I I'm not going to be disobedient in what I say. I'm not going to walk in doubt. I'm going to take your word at face value. And I guarantee if you take God's word at face value, just what he said, he will do just what the word says he will do. Come on, give him praise in the house. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? I told you a few weeks ago, I found it very intriguing that Matthew, Mark, and Luke went in detail what happened to Jesus. But here in the Gospel of John, John chose not to go in detail because God did not want that to be the central theme of this particular story in the garden. Judas was very close to Jesus. All 12 men were very close to Jesus. And you know what? Man! It's a jacked up thing when somebody hurts you. It is. But it's even more jacked up when somebody close to you This verse actually shows us and it underscores the depths that, Jesus, that Judas had to go and betray Jesus. And Judas betrayed Jesus because he thought he had a better agenda. Who do we think we are sometimes to be so arrogant to think we have a better plan than God? I don't know about you, but I wake up every day and say, Lord, not my will. I mess it up. Lord, Holy Spirit, let your will be done. I told a sister this morning, stop trying to figure it out. When you let go, God has already worked it out for your good. Say amen. My agenda is not better than God's agenda. God's plans are to supersede any plan that you have. Because you can say, I'm going to get up at 8 o'clock. If God says get up at 6, get up at 6. How do you know what God's going to be doing? How do you know how God's going to be moving? We just have to learn how to be obedient.
Say amen. amen. When God has given you a mission, don't allow anyone to derail you from your mission. Judas, he was on a mission, but his mission was not from God. He had been influenced by self-interest. And don't allow your self-interest to supersede God's plans. Say amen. Well, the Super Bowl's next Sunday, so I'm already going to take off next Sunday. Don't allow your plans and your self-interest to supersede God's plan. If you hear me, say amen real loud. Amen. Judas was not only betraying Jesus for money, because this is what we've been taught for decades. Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Please hear me. 30 pieces of silver today is still not worth a lot of money. 30 pieces of silver 2,000 years ago is only worth, in today's terms, $265. So Judas betrayed our Savior, or my Savior. No, because some of y'all look like, who are he talking about? He betrayed my Savior for $265. But listen to me. Judas just didn't do it for the money. The Bible says he was the treasurer. The Bible says Judas actually kept the money. The Bible says Judas actually went out and bought things that the disciples needed. But the Bible also says that Judas was a thief. So if you're a thief, it's not about the amount of money. If you like to steal, you just like to steal. Oh, I can't say what I want to say. So Judas wasn't necessarily doing it for the money because he stole money all the time. This has not been taught correctly. Judas was arrogant enough to actually think that he had a better plan than Jesus. Please write it down. My plan is not better than God's plan. Pastor, I have a five-year plan. That's good. Pastor, I have a ten-year plan. That's good. But remember, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are the plans you have for me? God says, I know the plans I have. I have plans to do you good and not to do you harm. I have plans to bless you and not to curse you. I have plans to elevate you in Jesus' name. I said earlier that Jesus is God, and Jesus was fully aware of what Judas was going to do. When they were in the upper room, Jesus told Judas, go do what you're going to do quickly. Jesus knew every singular step Judas was going to take to portray him. And even though Jesus knew all that, Jesus still kept his eyes on the cross. When you know somebody's out to get you, man, that's the time you can start to panic. That's the time you try to call in your favors. But Jesus didn't panic. He still said, come on, fellas, we're going to the garden. 
Jesus knew when he went to the garden that Judas knew exactly where he would be. Ooh, help me, Jesus. Please write this down. I am no longer, if you can say this, running from my enemies. Write it down. Make it personal. Can you do it? Can you really write that? Can you, can you make your brain tell your hand to actually write those words that I am no longer running from my enemies? Who's your enemy? Not only is the devil your enemy, not only is demons your enemy, but debt can be your enemy. Worry can be your enemy. Elmo, stress can be your enemy. I am no longer running. Oh, I'm going to stay here for a minute because I don't know if you understand what I'm saying to you. The enemy comes in like a flood to discourage you. But stand up and say, I'm no longer running. I I'm past running. I'm past hiding. Here I am, Lord. You made me. You created me. You've given me wisdom and knowledge how to stand. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear any evil. Why? Why? Who's with you? Look at somebody. Say, God is with me. God is with me. His rod, his staff, they comfort me and keep on messing with me. I'll tell you how he prepares. Who prepares? God prepares. And the devil can't do nothing about it. God prepares a table. He, God, he's not trying to hide. Where's the table fixed at? In the presence of my enemies. My enemies can't touch what God has prepared for come on get your Bible out tap somebody say that's good that's good that's good that's good God has prepared God knew Adam, the first Adam, God knew Adam was going to God knew Adam was going to be disobedient. Please sit down in the back. God knew Adam was going to disobey him when he was in the garden. That was no surprise to God. That's why God sent the second Adam, who is Jesus. Only the second Adam could redeem us back to the kingdom of God. Adam and Jesus are not the same. Listen to pastor. Remember, when Adam was created, Adam was created as a full-grown man. So Adam did not have the same life experiences as Jesus. 
When Jesus came to earth supernaturally, he came as a child. He was born of a virgin. We just studied this. He came and lived on the earth as a baby, then as an adolescent, then as a teenager, then as a young adult, then as an adult. So Jesus growing up had a different experience than Adam in the garden. All of our experiences are not going to be the same because we don't have the same mission. But keep mindful that what God gave me to do, I don't have time to be staring at Minister McGee because I got to do the mission that God gave me to do. Stop being so wrapped up with what everybody's doing in your life and start focusing on, am I doing what God wants me to do? Jesus, because of who he is, experienced everything that you and I go through. Jesus knows what it's like to be a child. At 12 years old, his parents found him where? In the temple, teaching learned men. Jesus knows how we feel. He knows how we think. He knows how wild this human experience can be. Jesus knows our hopes, our aspirations. He knows our dreams. He knows all of this because he truly is, and you have to make it personal, he is my high priest. There is no one above him. I don't waste my time going, look at pastor, I don't waste my time going down here when Jesus is way up here. Some of you thinking way beneath your potential. Say amen. Look at verse 2. Judas's knowledge of this place is highlighted. While it was part of God's plan, his knowledge of the place shows us that Judas had free will. Please write it down. I have free will. There's nothing you can do about your choices yesterday, but you can make better choices today because you have free will. Judas, the Bible says, he changed history for the secular world and for the non-secular world because he had his own plan. Despite him fellowshipping with Jesus for three and a half years, breaking bread which is really sacred, breaking bread with Jesus. Three and a half years, this man was sitting around thinking, I don't like your plan, Jesus. So I'm going to think of a better plan than what you have because I know better than you know. One thing I found out, I keep my hands out of God's business. Whatever God says to do, and that takes a lot of growth, for you to say, okay, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to be concerned about what people say about me. Because if you tell me to do it, I know all things work together for my good. So if you tell me, Lord, to stop hanging out with a certain crowd, I'm going to stop hanging out. Because all things 
But pastor, you don't understand. They my friends. Anyone that doesn't want to follow Jesus, you can't be my friend. I'm not going to hell for nobody. I'm not going to hell to visit nobody. I'm not going to send nobody a postcard. Judas changed history by his choices. Judas, a few hours before this in the garden, Judas had just been in the upper room with Jesus and the other 11 disciples, breaking bread together, eating, fellowshipping. Judas was right there. But he made a choice to betray his friend. The 11 disciples were supposed to be there in the garden. There are no coincidences. They were supposed to be in the garden with him to witness this experience. Jesus was going to show his disciples how to truly display patience. One day, these 11 men will be preaching and teaching the gospel all over the world, and it started how Jesus reacted in the garden. And the body of Christ, we need to wake up and realize that I said this last Sunday, every day you are alive, you're making history. The choices you make today will affect your future tomorrow. And if you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to make a wise decision, then you don't have to wake up tomorrow morning and beat yourself up. Y'all shaking your head, say amen and beat yourself up off the choices you made today. Look at somebody say, you can do it. We are making history, write it down. I make history every day through my choices. And I want to make sure personally that my choices are pleasing and acceptable to Almighty God. The enemy wants to disturb your peace. Every chance demons get, they want to disturb your peace. Oh, let me teach this. Teachable moment. Please look at pastor. This is what is never taught. <laughs> there are no new demons created. Demons don't have babies. The same fallen angels who are demons that live on the planet now have been here for eons. The Bible says, listen to this, that when Satan and his demonic forces come in, he comes in like an angel of light. Demons come in offering you something good or something that makes you want to feel good. But remember, whatever the enemy offers you, there's always a catch. Whatever God offers you, there's always a blessing. Why do you continue to choose what the enemy has to offer? Tell your neighbors, that pastor's talking to you. We're making history every day through our choices. And if you want future events to come out better in your life, ask the Holy Spirit to help you make better choices today. And that's love. That's real love. Look at verse 3. John says, 
So Judas, obtaining and taking charge of the band of soldiers and some guards and some attendants of the high priest and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and with weapons. Judas betrayed his friend and he collaborates with religious leaders who were not willing to change. Look at somebody and say, don't get stuck. Body of Christ, don't get stuck. That's the issue the religious leaders had. The Pharisees, the priests, they were stuck in their traditions. Don't get stuck when God is showing us how he wants us to live. Don't get stuck in your past. These men were so upset because Jesus was talking a new talk. Jesus was showing love in action. Say amen, church. Ask yourself, am I getting closer to God or am I getting further away? Do I feel closer to God? Or do I honestly feel like God is far away from me? And if you feel like God is far away from you, simply repent and honestly say, Lord, I'm sorry that I did not put you and keep you in your rightful place. And I'm telling you, church, if you repent, God will accelerate <laughs> blessings Clap your hands in your life. In 24, this new year, we, we see, and I hear it more and more, the church is getting closer and closer to God. You can feel it inside of you. Closer and closer to God. But you can also see how the world is getting further and further from God. And, 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 and be honest now, how many of you going to watch the Grammys tonight? Lord only knows what we're going to see. Oh, some of y'all quiet on the Grammys tonight. It's not okay, oh, I guess I'll say it, to wear devil horns. You're not playing. You're just showing what side you're on. It's not okay, oh, y'all quiet, to have... A, a scene set up like you in a pot in hell and everybody's dancing and partying. What you don't know is hell is not going to be a party. The Bible says hell is a place of torment. And the truth of the matter is if there was no fire, hear this, if there was no brimstone, if all that take, if there was no bottomless pit, Man, it's real hell knowing you're going to be separated from God for eternity. I wouldn't want to be separated from God, not for a minute. That's what got to Jesus when he was here in the garden. It's not that Jesus didn't want to do what God commanded him to do. Jesus just didn't want to be separated from his father, not even for a little while. How much do you love God today? God, I don't want to sin against you because when I sin against you, that separates me. 
and I don't want to be separated. You sit there if you want to. I don't want to be separated from God because of my actions. Look at your Bible. It says that Judas, a disciple, he led the band of soldiers against Jesus. Look at verse 2. The Roman soldiers, the guards were there. The Roman officers were there. Why did you go out and bring the secular world into a religious circumstance? The secular world had nothing to do with religious conflicts. The government today, the World Council today, cannot solve a sin problem. The sin problem can only be solved by Jesus. People are not going to just automatically start loving each other. You need Jesus. People are not going to automatically be nice. You need Jesus. Because what Jesus would do for you, he will allow the Holy Spirit to come in and regulate your mind where you don't think the same way you used to think. You won't have a low self-esteem about yourself. You won't think, well, I messed up so much, I might as well keep on messing up. No, the Holy Spirit will tell you God loves you. And God has more for you. And God wants to restore you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to love on you. Satan will use whoever he can. He uses people for his purposes. And if Satan, where you at, Deacon Kelly? If Satan has been using you, say it out loud. Stop it. You have the power and authority given to you by Jesus Christ. But isn't it something how people can team up against you and think they're going to beat you? Think they're going to win against you? Think they're going to have victory over you? The devil is really a jacked up person because he doesn't know I'm not going to win. Did you hear what I said? I said I'm not going to win. I'll wait on you. I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win. I'm not going to have victory one day. Victory is already decided 2,000 years ago when Jesus died upon the cross. I've already won. Come on, give God praise. Give him praise. Give him Pastor, you don't know how they getting together talking about me. Let them get together. Look how they did Jesus. Look how they did Jesus. 
They brought the secular world to arrest him. The priests, the Pharisees, this all illustrates the hatred they had towards Jesus. And we read in chapter 11 this morning, they hated him so much that they plotted against him. They got together and made a pact. And they said, we're going to kill Jesus because he is disrupting our traditions. God is looking for some people. We say this at the beginning of service, clap your hands, wave your hand, stand up and say amen, and that's beautiful, but take it outside the doors. God says, I'm going to disrupt what you think about my kingdom because I'm going to actually show you what I am like. That's why I hear every day, Pastor, I'm getting to know God for myself. I don't have to wait till Sunday to hear from God. I don't have to wait till Wednesday or till something tragic happens for God to step in and speak to me. When you really make up your mind to live for God, you have that dialogue all day long. From the time I get up to the time I lay down, I'm talking to him, I'm listening to him, I'm processing. Hey! Look at somebody say, God is not a mystery. Look at somebody else say, God is not a mystery. I remember when I was a child, old people used to say, you can't know God, only I know him. That's not the truth. I dare any of you, open up your Bible. Ask Mary, how old was Mary? 13 years old. She knew God. Ask David, a little boy, he was anointed as a child. He knew God. You can know God today. You can walk with God today. You can fellowship with him when? To. He's not a mystery. He wants to have a relationship with you. We say this all the time. We've all heard this said, I am God's child. That's a beautiful thing. Say, I am God's child. Say it again. I am God's child. No, I'm serious. How many of you believe it? Keep your hand up for a minute because I'm going somewhere. I'm ready to close. I am his child. Look at somebody say, I am. No, I said, no, look at eyeball to eyeball. Say, I am. And, and let me let me serve notice in case you don't ever see me again I am God's child and that's a beautiful thing to hear that I am God's child but God said son we need to change this not only am I his child but we need to start and we're going to start here in Emmanuel Church calling it like it really is please write this down I'm going to say it first, then you say it out loud for yourself. I am God's son. I heard 10 people. You were who? 
We're the ladies. Say, I am God's daughter. Say it again. All the men say, I am God's son. Wait a minute. I hear men in this. All the men here say, I am God's son. Nobody in the front. Everybody in the back. The men say, I am God's son. Over here say, I am God's son. Listen to me. Stop just viewing yourself as a child of God. That's beautiful, but make it more personal. I am his son. How many of you have kids? Grandkids. And most of us, we would do anything for our kids. We don't just call them kids all the time. Sometimes you got to make it personal and say, I am God's son. I'm his son. He's my father. I don't have to run from the enemy. I don't have to run from, from evil thoughts. I don't have to run from those plotting against me in the secular world or the religious world. I am God's son. And when you start viewing yourself differently, it changes the way you process everything. Write it down. I am God's son. Write it down. I am God's daughter. Know who you are. Judas, by stepping out and allowing himself to be used by Satan, he started to reject the plan for redemption. He rejected it, but he couldn't stop it. It doesn't matter how many people plot against you, how many people try to hold you down, how many people that tell you what's not going to happen in your life if God is for you. I'll, I'll wait on you. I said, if God is for you, he's more. Hey! I said, he's more. Look at the end of verse 3. Look at the end of verse 3. All these groups were conspiring against Jesus. And they came there, the Bible says, look at it again, with lanterns, torches, and with what? In all four Gospels. It's not clear how many soldiers. Some argue that it was 500. Some argue that it was 1,000. It doesn't matter. The fact is, they could not have arrested Jesus if he had not allowed them to. Jesus is God. I said, Jesus is God. He, if he wanted to. If Jesus and his disciples, this is what I found amazing, how they came to him with torches and how they actually bought weapons to arrest him. And I said, Lord, why did they bring weapons to arrest him if Jesus had never done anything violent? Mm. The reason they bought weapons to arrest Jesus because the Pharisees and the high priests had heard about the miraculous things that Jesus was doing. Something different about this man. How could he feed people? 
How can he heal people? Somebody even argued a few weeks ago that he raised a man named Lazarus from the dead. So it's something about this man. We've heard reports about him, but there's something about him we can't quite put our finger on. Nicodemus knew. Joseph of Arimathea's, he knew that Jesus was the Son of God, yet they were scared to speak up. Some of the Pharisees knew who Jesus was, but because they were so stuck in their traditions, they refused to change. They came to arrest him with chains, whips, spears, swords. They came with all these weapons, and yet Jesus was in the garden doing what? Praying. Something happens when you pray. Courage! Courage! Strength! Supernatural power! Things happen when you pray. If you pray, you don't have to freak out. They came against Jesus because some of them knew he did have power. But do you not realize there are no handcuffs? There are no swords. There's nothing that could stop the power of Jesus. The kind of God I serve walked on water. Say man, church. The Bible didn't say he was swimming. The Bible said he walked. The kind of God I serve, look at pastor. The Bible says he was sleeping on a boat one day and a storm came up and they were scared. They were freaking out. They were panicking. And what did Jesus do? They ran back and said, Jesus, please come on. We're in a storm. We think we're getting ready to die. Come help us. And Jesus said, haven't I been with you? Don't you know me? Don't you know, as long as I'm in your life, ain't nothing going to happen to you. The devil can threaten you. The devil can threaten you. But the devil can't touch you. Look at somebody say, the devil can't touch you. Stand up and turn around. Tell them the devil can't touch you. He can't touch you. He can't touch you. He can't touch you. I don't fear anybody. He can't touch you. You can't touch my spirit. My spirit has been sanctified. Hey! 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 The use of lanterns and torches in the darkness actually symbolizes spiritual darkness. There was a dark moment in human history taking place that would shatter the hopes and dreams of those who lived during that time period. The disciples, many of them, was thinking, maybe it's all over. 
But just because you have to endure challenging days, just because you have to endure a test or a trial, remind your spirit, no, get your hand up. And I know this is not good English, but come on anyway. Say, it ain't over. No, shake that finger like you do when you're at home. It ain't over till God says it's over. Darkness will always be in contrast with the light. Evil will always be in contrast with good. But remember this, you're not going to win. You've already won. Stand to your feet. The people who are coming to arrest Jesus, the soldiers, the religious groups, were blinded by darkness. And this resonates through John's entire gospel. They were being used by the enemy, but God wants to work through you. Lift your hands. The presence of weapons this night shows us that they were prepared to do whatever it takes to arrest Jesus. So the question remains today, are you prepared to do whatever it takes to witness for Jesus. If they send people after you, will you still witness for Jesus? If your so-called friends, even the close ones, turn their backs on you, the question is, will you still witness for Jesus? Father, we lift our hands unto you. We surrender our will and our way to you. Father, we will witness for Jesus every day about his saving grace. It doesn't matter, Father God, what the world says. It only matters what you say. And we thank you, Father, that no weapon, you say it, no weapon that is formed against me it shall not prosper. Lift your hands high. Thank you, Father. As we are maturing Christians today, we take our mission so serious. Help us to live this life. Help us, Father, for we can't do it without you. Thank you, Father, that eyes have not seen ears have not heard the wonderful things you have in store since your church is now on the perfect foundation. Clap your hands. I know you received the word. Get your hand up. Say, I'm on the perfect foundation. Say, I expect I expect blessings to come my way. Point back at yourself, say, come my way. God bless you. To everyone watching this broadcast all over the world, blessings be upon you. 
And even if you're in a season right now in your garden of peace, don't allow anyone to disturb your ground. God's got this. Get your hands out, Emmanuel family. It's my prayer that this week you may experience his peace, love, and grace in every area of your life. Until next Sunday, peace. God bless you for listening to this message. It is our prayer that you receive it in Jesus' name. Emmanuel Church is building, changing, and inspiring lives through the power of Jesus Christ.